If you have your Bibles with you or your online Bibles, go ahead and turn to Colossians 3, verse 23. It says, put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. For we know that we will receive a reward, an inheritance from the Lord. So as we serve the Lord Yahweh, the anointed one. Now turn to Galatians 6 verse 4. Let everyone be devoted to fulfill the work God has given them to do with excellence and their joy will be in doing what's right and being themselves and not in being affirmed by others. Every believer is ultimately responsible for his or her own conscience. Your life, your life here on this earth is to be a servant of God. That's your purpose, is to serve Jesus, to serve him every day of your lives. He has a perfect, beautiful purpose for your life, a perfect plan. He's the one that came up with this plan. And he wants you to obey him every step of that journey, every day of your life. It's not about your plan, but it's about God's plan. It's about serving him. It's not about doing what other people think is right, what other people will give you applause, but it's about the audience of one. Today's message is called the audience of one. You have one audience member in your life that matters. The only one that matters. The only one whose, whose applause you should be looking for. And that is Jesus. And he is always looking. And the applause that comes from him is the only applause that will actually fulfill you. The way that we are made as humans on this earth is we crave applause. We were built in to seek the Lord's please, pleasure, pleasure for us. We were built that way. We were built to be servants of God. God is our master and we want our master to be pleased with our work. God built us that way. There's that need for the master to give us applause and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. But the devil tries to speak into the world that that longing that you find inside, that need to be affirmed by other people, applause, that need to be applauded, affirmations, that that comes from people. That's what the devil speaks, is that that is the place to find it. And he's brought this in a bigger scheme than ever today in the age of social media, where there's this system called likes. And you can see who's liking and who's commenting and who's not liking and who's not commenting and who other people are getting so many likes and so many comments and so much approval. 
Never before has it been more important that you renew your mind to the fact that you were made to have only an audience member of one. There's only one whose approval matters. God wants you to get in that place in your heart that only his approval matters. Hallelujah. When I was called to be an apostle, this was about exactly four years ago. It was this very week in September, four years ago. Many of you know my story, but those of you that don't, I had moved to Los Angeles from my small town in upstate New York to pursue acting and then to pursue being a Christian pop EDM singer-songwriter. And I thought for sure that was God's calling for my life. Uh, I'd love to sing more than anything. I was on a search of what are my, what's my calling in life? What are my biggest passions? And my biggest passions were singing and performing. I loved to sing. And so for a couple years, that's what I was pursuing. And I thought, this is definitely God's call upon my life. And you know, the pursuit to be an artist is, is a struggle. It's not easy. Uh, you don't instantly make money. I was at that place where I wasn't really hardly making any kind of money. So, but, but when you're doing something that you enjoy, it makes it easier when you're not seeing the success yet, that even when there's not much success, you can, you're, you still, you still enjoy doing it. So then one day God sends a prophet who prophesies to me and says, you are called to be an apostle. You are called to be a minister. Now I had no passion, no desire to minister, no passion or desire to preach. I had no idea how to. And of course, doing something that you don't know how to do, that's not gonna be fun. That's gonna be very uncomfortable, right? So, but I knew that it was God calling me to this. So I put aside my pursuit of music and I surrendered to God. And about nine months later, he called me to begin to start to plant a church here in Los Angeles. And that is something that I didn't want on my own. <laughs> that is something that I didn't know how to do, that didn't seem like fun, but God called me to do it just like he called Moses. Public speaking was my biggest fear. Public speaking was Moses' biggest fear and I was reminded of that. And that's what empowered me to do the difficult task of obeying God in that moment. I just wanted God to be pleased. I just wanted God's will for my life. So at the end of the day, it wasn't that difficult of a decision for me, but it was uncomfortable. So I went to, I went from a place of when I was pursuing music, my friends and family, they applauded it and they were excited about it. And they would say, this is definitely what God has called you to do you're awesome. Go you. Like there was so much encouragement. And so, so much of the encouragement was because they got it. It, it made sense to them. You know, um, it wasn't something crazy out there really. Um, so there was so much like, yes, that's amazing what you're doing. 
And of course, that feels good when you receive that, that encouragement, that applause, that validation. I'm on the right track. I'm doing good. Well, what happened is when I was called to be an apostle, many people don't realize that apostles exist today. That was even something new for me in that, that year prior before God called me to be an apostle. Apostles do indeed exist today, as do prophets. They never stopped existing. According to Ephesians 4.11, God gave the church apostles, prophets, and evangelists, and pastors, and teachers to edify and equip the body, to build up the body, to bring the body into maturity. They are so vital because we as a body are missing out on nutrients. We're missing out on maturity. We're missing out on direction. We're missing out on the power of God when we're only having a percentage of what God intended for us to have as the vessels who are there to build us, teach us, lead us, lift us, empower us. But many people do not know this simple truth that's in the Bible because we haven't seen apostles and prophets by and large for a long time in church, in church by and large today. So when I accepted this call, I went from people understanding what I was doing and being excited about what I was doing to me just dropping it completely and, and saying that a prophet prophesied that I was called to be an apostle. Now, many people don't know that prophets exist either. So, the majority of my friends and family, you could tell that they didn't understand, that they didn't get it, that many of them didn't know that apostles were around today, and that many of them, even the enemy, is feeding them wrong things. So, the encouragement really went back a bunch. It went back a, a lot. People didn't understand. Um, and also they, you know, we as humans were used to seeing strengths and gifts in people and thinking that, that God absolutely wants that gift to be the main part of that person's life the church by and large, and this has a lot to do with, the, with the, the lack of prophets and apostles to see what's really inside somebody that nobody else can see, like how Jesus could see the disciples, how that they were fishermen, and he could see that they were actually apostles, right? So the church by and large uh, doesn't have that prophetic eyesight to see these foolishness of the world people whom God has actually put something spiritual in that cannot be seen without a spiritual eye. So what we do is we, 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 we think, oh, you, this is, you're gifted in this area. So, you know, you're a gifted singer. So must be you're called to be a worship leader. You're a gifted public speaker. So must be you're called to be a pastor. You know, that's what we tend to do. So in my case, this was like, pe I, you, could, you could tell that people were like, she's so gifted and talented at music and, and the music videos were awesome that she did. And, and 
what what's she doing? You know, I could I could sense so much and even hear from some people that that is how they were that's how they were feeling. They just didn't get it. Um but this was a very special time where God started to take me into the secret place. The secret place where God is calling you to obey him and nobody else can see what you're doing. Nobody else can see important things you're doing for God. Nobody else can see hours that you're working for him. Nobody else can see. You are invisible to the rest of the world and only God sees. There's, an, there's truly only an audience of one. And this, this was the beginning of that in my life. And this became truly a gift for me because to be honest, we all naturally desire this validation from people. But God really wants to remove all of that completely. He wants it to be so that when we, if we don't get likes on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, or we do, it doesn't matter either way. We aren't bothered either way. God wants to truly get you to the place where you really only care what he thinks. So when you have a heart for this when you can have a heart of god when you ask god god mold me god make me more like you when you surrender this is the kind of thing that god will do in your life he will call you to do something that other people will not approve of he will even even, even the good spiritual people who have eyes to see the powerful, powerful things that you're doing, he will keep them away for the sake of molding your character and to make you even more humble. There's a story in the Bible of King Saul and God had commanded him through a prophet, gave him instruction that in a certain battle, he was to kill everything, not leave anything alive, including animals. And normally you wouldn't do that. Normally uh, going into battle, if you won, you would preserve the, some of, you would save some of the animals so that you could use them for sacrifices to God. So that was like the normal way of doing things that, that people would understand. So God commands Saul to do this new thing that would appear foolish to the world, foolish to people, that people wouldn't understand, that people wouldn't applaud. They would think he was weird. They wouldn't approve. So there's a reason that God called him to this. This was a test. This was a moment where Saul had a chance to be molded into more of the character of Jesus and to be to become more humble because it's up to us to humble ourselves. God gives us opportunities and then we have the choice to, to, to do the humbling ourselves. But what happens in, in the story is that Saul disobeys. He ends up killing everything in sight, going against what God had commanded him to do. And Samuel, the prophet, speaks to him 
and, and says, what have you done? You have disobeyed God. First Samuel 15, verse 24, it says, Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the command of the Lord and your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now please pardon my sin and return with me so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. The Bible says, Matthew 23, 12, remember this, if you have a lofty opinion of yourself and seek to be honored, you will be humbled. But if you have a modest opinion of yourself and choose to humble yourself, you will be honored. So Saul lifted himself to get applause. He exalted himself. He had the chance to humble himself. He had the chance knowing that this group of people, they weren't spiritually minded. They weren't spiritually minded to know obeying God is more important than anything else. They didn't have that mind. God purposefully hid those types of people, those types of people like King David that would applause Saul. God hid them so that Saul had the opportunity to really humble himself in a new way. Saul knew what it entailed, and he didn't want to give up the applause of other people. So the Bible says that if you exalt yourself, you will be humbled. So that's what happens. God takes the power away from Saul because he disobeyed. He, he anointed a new king, King David, because of that moment right there of disobedience because he feared God feared men over God and wanted their approval over God's approval. Then we see a different, a different example in the Bible of Noah. Here's someone who only cared about what God thought. God called him to build this huge ark and it hadn't rained for a long time. And God said, I'm going to flood the earth, do something that never had happened before and seemed absolutely outrageous and foolish. Can you imagine as Noah is building this ark days and days on end? Can you imagine what people were thinking, what people were saying? He absolutely was only getting applause from God and God alone. And he not only was not getting applause from people, but they were most likely saying you're crazy and rolling their eyes at him and calling him absolutely foolish. But Noah chose to obey God over people, to fear God over people, that the applause of people didn't matter at all. And we see the fruit of this. We see how God honors him. Not only does Noah's family and himself be saved from the floods, but we are reading about Noah today. His legacy goes on. We are empowered by his story today. God honored him because he humbled himself. So God began in my life to remove the validation, remove the approval. Very few people understood and, and very few people even could see my heart. 
God did that on purpose. The bigger calling that you have on your life, the more that God needs you to humble yourself, the lower he needs you to go, the deeper into the darkness of the secret place he needs you to go so that you get to the place where you don't even think about other people's opinions. You don't even think, you don't even care what they say, what they think. Your mind is set on God's opinion and God's opinion at alone. What is God thinking? Is God pleased? Is God happy? God called me to work hard doing the work of God in ministry. He called me to do things that weren't fun. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much everything. I mean, my biggest passions were to sing, to perform, and to socialize. I was a social butterfly. I was such an, I'm such an extrovert. I love being around people. I had, t I always had tons of friends. I was always socializing so much and, and going out with friends so much. Um, but now God had called me into this season where he was asking me to work really hard for him. And, and that entailed staying in my apartment alone a lot of the time. He called me to end relationships that weren't meant to be in my life for what he has called me to. He actually called me to have just a couple very close friends. And even those friends, he because he had called me to be a leader, because he had called me to be their leader, he called me to, in the relationships with them, constantly have this awareness that I'm here to pour, I am here to serve them. Remember, we're not on this earth just to have fun and to have a good time. We do have fun and we do have good time in our relationships, but the real reason that you're put here is to serve others. And that includes, especially even in your relationships, in your friendships. So God now is calling me to think differently. He was calling me to think differently, that instead of going out and having fun with friends and, and, and thinking like, how can I have fun? How can this be a good time for me? He's now calling me to, to be thinking every time, how can you lift this person up? How can you serve them in this moment? Ask them what they like to do, where they'd like to eat, where they'd like to go. Put them first. God was calling me to do this. Um, so I went from my life in my early 20s, I was a social butterfly, huge group of friends, always having fun and going out and doing things. Once again, this was my passion to be around people, to, to be an extrovert. Um, now God's calling me to, to hunker down, <laughs> hardly have a social life, really, and, and pretty much none, and work hard doing things that I didn't have natural gifts and abilities in, editing videos, preparing messages, studying the Word of God. I didn't know how to prepare a message. I didn't know how to public speak at all. These things were not fun for me. These things were truly work. Everything he was calling me to do now, not only was it so something that people didn't understand, and it was 
inside my apartment in the secret place where no one can see. But it was things that I didn't even enjoy doing because some, sometimes the will of God isn't always fun. But the secret to contentment, finding fun isn't the place of contentment. The true secret of contentment is the applause of your father, is making him happy, is touching his heart. And because God has specifically called me to do these things at this point in my life, they weren't fun, they were work, no one saw it, not many understood, but because God was calling me to this right now, that made me happier than doing anything else, than doing fun things, than doing things like singing, which I enjoyed, because the only place you truly find that fulfillment is when God is happy. God isn't always happy. <laughs> we can, he's a person. We can displease him. We can make him not, he always loves you, but just like a parent, when a kid is misbehaving, the parent's heart is not touched. So this is the place where you find true contentment. And this is the place where I was empowered and I had real contentment to do things that weren't fun, that nobody saw or understood. Even people would put me down. People would write the opposite of encouragement. But none of it mattered because God was happy. I was doing what he wanted and that's all that mattered. This is the place where I found true contentment in my life like never before. And it was doing things that nobody saw that wasn't fun in the dark. So God taking me through this journey, which I just described to you, um, he's starting to mold me to be more and more humble because there's always more. There's always more deeper that we can go. You can think I'm humble, but there, there is a deeper level of humility that you can go. There is a deeper level of only desiring God's approval over others that God wants to take you in. And this is the way, this is the way that he does it. If you'll go with him on this journey. So, now I'm still not having too much fun yet. Now, those of you that know my story know that God transformed my heart. You know, when I first received the call to be an apostle, the first thing that was hard about it was that I loved to sing and I didn't, I hated to public speak <laughs> and I didn't want to be a minister. So what was hard at first was obeying was stepping into something that I didn't want to do. But I knew that I knew that I knew that it was truly God speaking to me. And I knew the character of God. I knew his heart. I knew that he would never call me or any of his servants to do something that we wouldn't enjoy. I knew he wasn't calling me to something that I would be miserable. 
Now, the will of God isn't always fun at points, but there are absolutely many points that it's fun and amazing. And so I knew that God was going to eventually work in my heart and give me his, his heart, give me his desire for ministry. And he absolutely did that. It took a while. It took just continual obedience. And eventually he began to transform my heart. Eventually I started to see how people really needed him and needed the power of God and that God was entrusting me with anointing, that he was counting on me to be his hands and feet and reach out to them and heal them and encourage and empower them and tell them about Jesus and let them know of his love. And that when I do that, they'll be saved. They'll be empowered. They'll be healed. And so when I started to have revelation of, of, of the power of what he was calling me to do, then I started to realize there's nothing more that I'd rather do on this earth. There's nothing that could make me happier. But still doing the, the, even like, preparing the messages and speaking was, it, it took a very long time for it to be enjoyable in any kind of way. It was very uncomfortable and hard for a long time. And on top of that, in the beginning, we were in a basement. That's where we were having church, in a, in a, in a basement of a building. It was hard for people to find us. There were very few people coming. Sometimes there was two. Sometimes there was just three people. And I was spending hours and hours preparing a message and it would just be just like a couple people. And I remember feeling like, oh God, you've called me to do something that I don't want to do. You know, I, you know, I don't even want to do this. Won't you at least make it easier? Like you have this feeling like, well, if God's calling me to do something that I want to, don't want to do, then he's at least going to make it easy. <laughs> that was not the case. As we see with Moses, Moses did not want to be this leader, servant of God, prophet of God. And I'm sure he was thinking that, oh, well, I, I at least obeyed. God's going to make it easy. That was not the case as he goes and speaks to Pharaoh, let my people go, and he denies him. He says no, and Moses goes again, let my people go, and he says no, and he says it again and again, and then even when Pharaoh finally lets the people go, then Moses has people who are absolutely not applauding him, but are doing the opposite. He has people that are not seeing the amazing heart that he has and the difficult things he's doing and how the amazing work of God that he's doing, but instead they are complaining, where did you bring us? You can't lead us. We want to go back. Forgetting about him when he goes to speak to God. So it's, it's, it's not, it's not easy. <laughs> But this is such a gift right here. This is where you become 
humbled. This is where God wants to lift you. Moses now is given so much honor. Moses, we tell his story to this day. God lifted Moses. He gave him so much honor, but Moses had to go down very low. When you go down low, that's when God lifts you up. And it's not going to be immediate. It may take a while. It may take several years for the lifting to happen. But if you go down low, God absolutely says in his word that he will lift you. He will give you honor. Hallelujah. Galatians 6 verse 7, it says, make no mistake about it. God will never be mocked for what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. If you plant the corrupt seeds of self life into this natural realm, you can expect to experience a harvest of corruption. If you plant the good seeds of spirit life, you will reap the beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the spirit. Don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you planted is coming. The harvest is coming. And in this time, God is going to absolutely, if you surrender to him, you can expect God to lead you in a time where you're planting seeds and nobody sees. And what happens when you plant a seed? When you plant a seed, it goes down into the ground. It's buried. Nobody can see it. And, and God could be call, God will call you to this huge plot of land and he'll, he'll call you to plant so many seeds and toil tirelessly to plant all these seeds that, seeds that will produce every kind of beautiful fruit, every kind of beautiful vegetable every kind of beautiful crop you could imagine. You work, you tire endlessly. But after you plant all the seeds and someone shows up, they see you standing there and they see, what do they see? They see just dirt. They don't see any sign of any of the seeds that you've sown. They can't give you a single applause. They can't give you a single good job because they can't see at all, all of the seeds that you've sown. Only God can see, only God can see. So the seed takes a while. The seed takes a while to burst out of that ground and produce a harvest. And the bigger thing that God's calling you to, the more seeds, the more time it will take to plant all these seeds. The higher that God wants to lift you, the more people that he wants to entrust you with, with influence, the more you have to humble yourself. The deeper in the darkness, you're gonna go in the secret place where it's only God who sees. But when that harvest comes, it produces the most beautiful harvest that cannot be denied that can be seen and tasted from afar that's what's in store for you but it takes faith it takes faith you don't see the fruit you don't see the crops until the day that it starts coming out of that ground and you don't know the day that it is but god has promised he is not 
to be mocked. Make no mistake about it. God will never be mocked for what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. So in everything that you, that you do, do it for the, for the pleasure of God. Do it with all of your heart. As the Bible says, do it with all of the most excellence. You know, it was, it was a challenge for me. It wasn't easy. Sometimes it would feel disappointing working hard on whatever it was, whether it was editing messages and getting very few people that would see them, whether it was preparing messages and having very few people that would come to church and spending so much time and, and you know, but God was calling me to, to excellence. He wanted me to give my all. He wanted me to pour out my heart and I didn't want to disappoint him. I wanted him to be pleased. So it didn't matter if there was a million people or one person there. I was, I, God got me to the place where I just wanted his heart to be touched. I just wanted him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You know, obedience is God's love language. Love language. Like we all have different ways that we experience love. Sometimes it's through words of affirmation. Sometimes it's quality time. Sometimes it's gifts. Sometimes it's act of acts of service. Uh, but God's, his love language, how he receives love, the biggest way is through our obedience, through our obedience. He doesn't receive love the most way through through reading the Bible, through prayer, through worship, through, through, through work. He receives the most love when he's calling you to worship and you worship in that moment. When he calls you to read the Bible in that moment and you read the Bible. When he calls you to, to pray and to spend time with him, to be intimate with him in that moment and you do it. When he calls you to work several hours like a 13 hour day. He calls you to do that for that day. For that day, you're not in the word that day, but you are doing the work of God that day. He just set, called you to do it that way and you do that. That's what touches his heart. Obedience is what touches God's heart the most. And God wants you to be aware of every little thing that you do the work that you do, the, when you're in the word, your attention that you're giving to him, being conscious of how you're spending your time, every little thing that you do, how you speak to others, how you, how you don't speak negatively to others, how you watch your mind, how you watch what you speak, every part of your life, every part of your obedience to God, God is watching and he wants you to know that he's watching. He wants you to know that he's always watching. He wants you to be aware of that, but he wants you to know that he's not looking like a judging like parent or judging like principal or something like I'm watching you. He does not want you to have that perspective. That's a false perspective, but he wants you to see him rightly. 
See him as your father who loves you so much, who's looking at you with eyes of flaming, fiery love for you every moment. And as you obey him, he is full of joy. You know, the people that you love the most on this earth, like if you're, if you, if you're planning a birthday for a friend, you want a friend that you love so much, you are all out. You are giving your all. You want it to be better than the last birthday that you, that you, their last birthday, than what you did the last birthday for them. Because you want to see their delight. You love them so much that you want to give your all so that they can know how much you love them, that they are loved and they deserve this blessing. That's how God wants it to be with you and him. He is your best friend. He is your father. He loves you more than anybody on this earth. His love for you is never ending, overflowing, incomprehensible. He is worthy of your excellence in everything that you do. He is worthy of this. He wants you to express your love to him through your obedience to him. He wants you to get excited about doing whatever it is he's calling you to do. He wants you to get excited just like you would when you, you have this birthday present planned for a friend and you're excited from the open it. You put a heart and soul and strength into it and you're excited from the open it and you get to receive joy as you see their delight. That's how God wants it to be every moment that you are with him on this earth because that's how he is. His love is so amazing. You love your best friend and they are full of love for you as you bless them and give them a gift. But how much more of God? Every time you obey him, he is pouring out his love. He is full of joy because you obeyed him. That's where you find joy. That's the secret of joy. I'm giving you the secret of finding true joy right here. This is the reality. And many people are missing out. They're looking for validation and likes when God's just standing here like, if you could only look for me for approval and if you could only delight in obeying me, I would give you the joy that you're looking for. It's not in other people. You'll never find joy through, through the approval of man. You never will. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The secret place many people think is the place of like a prayer closet with God, like as you're praying to him, but the secret place is actually your obedience to him in every area when no one else sees, when no one else sees, that's the true secret place. And God wants you to enter into this place. He's asking you to seek truly his approval only to give up the approval of men and women. He's asking some of you to give up addictions to social media, to check the likes, to get a boost of, of, of dopamine. He's asking you to look to him instead. 
He's asking you to give up certain things that you're doing just to seek, just to get the approval and applause of men and women. Maybe it's posting something that is disguised as glorifying God, but deep down you post it because you want people to see you as very spiritual or see you as awesome. You know, God sees the heart and he's asking you to go low, to humble yourself. He's asking you to look to him every moment and say, what pleases you? What pleases you, God? I want to please you right now. I want to please you and you alone, not man, not woman. I want to please you, God. I'm living for your approval alone. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So when you find yourself in this place where God purposefully is bringing you into that secret place where no one can see the good things that you're doing, know that God sees. Hear him say, I am proud of you. Hear him say that by reminding yourself that he sees it all and there's nothing that pleases him more. By you obeying him, you're making the kingdom to be expanded on this earth. You're touching his heart in a way that no one else can. Renew your mind. Don't miss out on that joy that he wants to give you. Don't miss out on that intimacy. I've grown closest to God in these moments. In these moments of working hard in late hours, even five in the morning, doing something he's called me to do that I didn't want to do. Knowing that he saw and knowing that he was pleased. I've grown closer to God in those moments than any other area of my life. I've trained myself to hear his voice saying, I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. You've touched my heart. God wants to use you mightily. You have to enter into the secret place with him. You have to receive his encouragement. You have to open up your ears to receive his encouragement and his applause. We were built for, to receive his applause and his applause alone so that he would get all of the glory, that we would keep none for ourselves but that he would get all of the glory. We say, God, be glorified, but this is the action now. We say, God, be glorified, but God says, do you really want me to be glorified? Then come in this secret place where no one can see but me. God's inviting you there today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done today, God. I thank you, Father, for the precious, intimate place of the secret place that you are bringing your children into. I thank you, Jesus, for removing addictions of validation from others. Thank you, Jesus. I declare those addictions to go in Jesus' name, the addiction to have approval from others, the addiction to, from hearing others say, good job. The addictions from getting likes on social media. 
I remove that from you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God's asking you to look at your heart with every little thing you do. The pictures you post, are you posting it for the glory of God or are you posting it to get validation about yourself? God's asking you to evaluate your heart in every, in every action. And he wants you to know that even in that place of deciding not to post that picture or post that thing, that you are pleasing him. Hear his voice saying, I am proud of you. I love you. I'm growing closer. You're growing closer to me now and you're becoming more like me, my child. You're giving me glory in this moment by choosing this. Hear his voice. I declare your ears to open, to hear his voice, to hear his encouragement, to hear his love, to hear how he really thinks of you. May you see him rightly in this moment. May you grow closer to him and hear his voice. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I quiet the voice of the devil that says that you need validation from others. I declare that voice to go in Jesus' name. May the temptations be gone now. In Jesus' name, amen. And God is clearing out people from your life that were a vessel of the devil to keep you in bondage in this area. People who really cared about their looks or really cared about how others viewed them that weren't kingdom and weren't meant to be in your life. God's, I declare them to go out in Jesus name. And I declare people that have a heart to glorify God, to be brought into your life that would help you to mature and grow more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God says you are beautiful. You are enough. I delight in you. I'm proud of you. You are perfect just the way you are. And God's saying, if you haven't been getting likes or you haven't been getting encouragement from others, stop thinking that that means a certain truth. Stop meaning that that think that that stop thinking that that means that you're not good enough. That's a lie from the devil. God's saying, and he's saying that I'm purposely keeping likes and purposely keeping validation away so that you can grow so that you can find it in me alone. Because if God doesn't take you on this journey, then you will never get there. You will always be seeking validation of man. Now is the time to let go of the lukewarm life where you are for God and part in the world. You want validation from God. You want validation from people. Today's the day to say no longer. Today's the day to surrender. God is calling many of you right now to surrender, to surrender fully, to surrender fully, to surrender in a deeper way. There's more. God is saying there's more surrender that I want you to commit to me today. Thank you, Jesus. Just say, I surrender to you, God. I surrender to you, God. You can take my life and have your way. Have your way. Do what you want. Let your life truly be glorified through me. Let my life bring you glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.